So you want to you hear stories about Lock Car? You want stories of him when he was when he was fierce or when he was not fierce? <laughs> A lot of times, like Ajahn Chah didn't he didn't have to say anything to be to be fierce. You know, he, he could, um, it was it was something about his presence, like with with the monks and the novices. You know, you know he. You know, he, he didn't really have to try to be fierce. He was, you know, just sort of—it was just like this natural, you know, aura of him. But with lay people, he was, you know, he was very, you know, he was very uh, kind. He had a lot of meta, he uh, had a lot of jokes. But with the monks, he wouldn't—he wouldn't be like that. He'd be he'd a lot more serious and a lot more sort of um, fierce sort of thing. But like he said before, like one of the things that was the main, <coughs> the <coughs> the main thing that sort of like. That sort of rocked the monks was was like his eyes. His eyes, uh, his eyes could be very like yeah, fearsome, and um, you know, to say so if you if you're sitting if you're sitting around if you're sitting around Dajan Char and he he wanted everybody to leave, you know, to say everyone's sort of sitting around like this. He just like look on one side, he'd look on the right, and, and like and everyone just no, and then everyone would just like run away, and then you know once one whole side of the sangha's gone, and he like look to the left side, and you know. Everyone saw that his eyes were like that, and so everyone just like get up and leave, sort of thing. It was like he had that like he left that power coming out of his eyes. Yeah, but, yeah, but with lay people, you know, he's he's really, you know, yeah, really friendly, really kind. Had a lot of had a lot of metta. So you know, tell tell jokes, you know, tell funny stories, all these kinds of things with lay people. When when the Ajahn ordained in the year uh, 2519, most uh, you know, basically all of the monks there they were, they were a lot younger. There was there was no like there was no there was no older monks older monks at that point in time. There were pretty much pretty much every all all of the monks. There was nobody ever about 35 years old. The rest you know, most of them were you know like between 20 and 30. Um, the the monk next in seniority from from Ajahn Chah, he he was like 35 years old and had 14, 15 punches. Okay. Then the next one was, then the next one was about, you know, then the next one was about 30. Uh, and but the re- rest of them were, the rest of them were all were all like you know sort of 20 years old, 20, 25, and you know with a you know with a few punches. But there was no one that was like there was no one that was like old. Oh. Uh, he said, Ajahn Anand, he, he actually, uh, like about six months ago to a year ago, he, he was writing down all, all the things that he remembered about Ajahn Chah, all the different stories. Uh, yeah, yeah, basically every, everything that Ajahn knew about, about, about Ajahn Chah. And if I remember correctly, there was like 127, uh, like 102, there were just like uh, things that he was going to, he was going to write down more and de- uh, record, and then we're going to write down in detail of a book. And and he lost he lost the list. Specific, specifically, he didn't lose lose the list. He gave it to one of the Upatars. Another one of the Upatars, and it it disappeared. 
so no one in this room. Yeah, no, no one in this room lost <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just gradually do it when everything's of these things and write it down. As in Cha, he, he he'd always sort of how would you say he'd always, he'd always look for people in a way he'd look always like look on the bright side and he'd look always look for the good like the good qualities and the good in people and the good. Uh, things that someone was the best at, and look and look on look on the good good side of things in people. And so there was, you know, just for example, there was this one novice, Brita, uh, isn't His 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 name his name was Brita, uh, and he he was he was novice young younger boy, and he was like quite naughty. Um, and so and so like Ajahn Chah, he used to like like to give people nicknames a lot. Uh, different nicknames to what to what he saw according to what their temperament was like, and uh, and, and this young novice preacher, he he was like he was like a monkey, <laughs> and he was like really sort of you know naughty and he jumped around like a monkey. So uh, he, he there's a, there's a there's a specific type of monkey in Thailand called a uh, linkang, and so he he Ajahn Chah called this novice like novice gun, so he was like you know, the, the monkey novice. <laughs> and so, anyway, but yeah, and, and a lot of people didn't really like his novice. He, as I said, he was quite naughty. But the, you know, the one thing that this novice could really do really well is clean Ajahn Chah's false teeth. You know, every, everybody, everybody else, they just do it for like, you know, five minutes, ten minutes, because Ajahn Chah used to chew betel nut, and so that makes it makes your teeth and uh, really, really red and get a lot of stuff stuck in them, sort of thing. So everyone just sort of. Five minutes and get the like the gunk out sort of thing, but this, this novice, this this novice, he he was like, you know, he get there and he do it for like an hour, mm-hmm. and get there and he just like you know scrape it away until it was like it was like pearly white or whatever. So uh, you know, as as soon as if Ajahn Chah was sitting there and as, if he saw if he saw this novice coming, the first thing he do is he'd, like he pull his teeth out and give it to him and like to clean it. <laughs> so he was, you know, so. He he was he was like he was like the the greatest at cleaning teeth. <laughs> so you know, Ajahn Chah would always sort of look for that thing, uh, that that special quality in people, something that they're the best at, and also you know something that they have a uh, very good ability at that. And he would look on the you know always look on, on that side of things. Um, they they wanted you know uh, a few people wanted him this novice to disrobe because he was so naughty. But Ajahn Chah would always sort of look. He's like you know he's he's the best. Teeth cleaner, you can't you can't make him disrobe or anything. So he's always looking at he was always looking at that good side in people. There was uh, so even though Ajahn Chah was quite he, he was he was quite fierce. Um, it, it wasn't it wasn't always the case with the monks. If the monks did something wrong or a certain monk did something wrong, that um that that he would like scold them instantly and tear them down on the spot because because uh, he knew that if he did that in some instances that that monk uh, maybe wouldn't be able to handle it uh, become very depressed or something like that or you know become very you know, too overly scared it 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 have an adverse effect on him to on the monk to for the Edinchar to 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 scold him at that point in time so. Um, there's an you know example of this. There was one there was one monk and yeah you know, he wasn't he wasn't really all there like he was 
a little bit sort of fruity sort of thing. So anyway, he, he really liked, this, this guy really liked sweet things. And what, what he did, he got, he got, an, he got a pakao, he got, he got an anagarika to go to find a, a, a beehive, a beehive in the monastery and, and, and beat the beehive down. So he could so he could get the honey out of it because his monk wanted to wanted to have some honey, and you know but the the pakal he he wasn't very smart either you know like you know all these the bees had all died and all the, all these sort of things that you know but the pakal just sort of said well the monks told me to do it so I'll do it so like he ended up killing all these all these bees and um, taking the honey sort of thing so anyway like uh, monks saw it and they they went and told Ajahn Chah. What, what this what this monk had instructed the, the Pakao to do. So anyway, when when uh, that monk finally got to Ajahn Chah, Ajahn Chah didn't like didn't scold him, didn't like didn't wasn't fierce to him. He just sort of spoke to him normally and um, you know didn't really get in trouble. But late, later on, when um, when this monk when he was in like in a better in a bit of a better mood or something and. You know, Ajahn Chah was sort of like laughing, and this this monk's like laughing. Like, then he turned around, and like then he get up him then, because he knew it was it was more of an appropriate time to do it then. And um, ไอ้ว่าเปล่าเอาเทปมาให้โยมเลยโยมมาให้เอาเทปมาให้ครับเทปเปล่ามาโยมมาเทปเปล่ามาให้แล้วก็มาอัดอัดธรรมะสิกระ
Tarak sort of caught this guy. So in 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 the, uh, in the old days of Wat Pong, they used to uh, read from the vinya, have vinya readings. The monks would go over the monks' rules and and these things, and read from the book after after the evening chanting or whatever. And anyway, anyway, so you know, one night they they decided to to record record the vinya readings, and it was like one of those big old tapes sort of thing. They turned it on, turned the recorder on, tested it. You know, it was working, everything was fine. Turned it on, and turned it on, and you know, after after the reading was finished, I went back out and you know, they went to test it or whatever, and like it 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 had recorded, it had recorded, but you know, the, none of the sound, none of the none of the sound of the words had come out, sort of thing, and you know, everyone was sort of shocked, and like, why didn't that happen? And they didn't charge it, sort of thing. Yeah, you know, you didn't didn't you didn't ask permission from the boss to do it. So like meaning like Ajahn Chah hadn't really given his permission to do that, so um so like yeah, so he maybe use something special to to yeah. Not that the sound come out because it's 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 sort of um, a matter of respect with the monks if if <coughs> if one's gonna give some sort of teachings on Dharma or if one wants to make some sort of Dharma discussion or things like this, one should always Ask for permission to do it before one uh, goes ahead and just speaks about these things uh, mm-hmm. from the senior monk or things like that. Another another instance, uh, there was a, there was another monk. He was a little bit more senior, and you know he read a lot of books or whatever, had a lot of knowledge, and you know he, he really wanted to give a talk. So there was uh, you know so he he went and asked Ajahn Chah. He's like um, you know can I give a talk about about dependent origination and Ajahn Chah was just like. Oh, if he, you know, you really, if you really think you can, you know, go for it. So there was a funeral, and this monk got up and sort of, you know, was really sort of like speaking according to the, the textbooks or whatever, and um, from whatever knowledge he he had gained, sort of thing. And um, Ajahn Chah was he wasn't in the hall at that point in time, but um, he was uh, at his at his, at his hut, and Ajahn Nam was with Ajahn Chah at that point in time. He said, "So no, no, go and go and check what this guy is saying." So Ajahn Anam went out first, but then, you know, like, Ajahn Chah decided to go out himself and took his, took his yarn and took his, like, the light. And Ajahn Chah just, like, stood outside and listened to what this guy was saying, and he's, he's this guy sort of, you know, rattling off his, his, his sort of knowledge about, about dependent inter- origination, you know, avijas, the cause of Sankara, and all these sort of uh, deep and profound sort of things. And the only, like, the only thing Ajahn Chah said, he just sort of looked and he said, you know, you, you teach the Dharma wrong and you drop to hell, and that's all he said about it. So, so that's that's another sort of thing of like this monk was too overconfident with himself and too overconfident with with just the intellectual knowledge that he had. So, um, so this, this teaching the Dharma and, and um, doing these kinds of things, this is it's a one you know one should have permission from the teacher and you know should do it in the correct way if one wants to do it. In 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 Wat Pong, um, where Ajahn Chah's Kuti actually was, there's like there was, I just say Ajahn Chah's Kuti was here, and there was uh, four more Kutis, like one right in front, uh, and there was like four more sort of thing. And anyway, in the Ajahn's in the Ajahn's fourth Pansa, four, these fourth Pansa as a monk, four years as a monk, he was he was sitting meditation, he was sitting meditation in his kuti, and like you know, at that point in time, Ajahn Samadhi was very, very good, very, very strong, 
and he enters samadhi to a like a, a deep level that he'd never entered before to the point where like he you know, he didn't you know he didn't really know he didn't know where he was because he entered samadhi so so deep and so anyway after that he uh, you know, came out came out later <coughs> came outside later and Ajahn Chah called him over and said Ajahn Chah you, you move into this kuti right in front of me so Ajahn Chah had to move into the kuti like right in front of Ajahn Chah so whenever Ajahn Chah was there he could see you know right where Ajahn Chah was so that time so Ajahn Chah um, you know he was really really you know really diligent in his practice he you know did a lot of sitting a lot of walking um, you know every everything he did like you know perfect he always uh, go to all the, all the evening, morning and evening chain, never, you know, never be late or whatever. And, but there was one day where he was, he, he was uh, late to, to the morning, uh, so, sorry, late to the, to, the, to the chanting by one minute. And Ajahn Chara just had beat him there by one minute. And he said, yeah, at that time he felt like he sort of like dropped to hell at that point in time. Uh, so he... Just sort of backtrack a little bit. And so it just re- regards to himself of of if when he was a younger monk with Ajahn Chai, if he, you know, if he had a thought about it, then he would have like wrote down all the things that um, that that all the experiences that he had with Ajahn Chai, and he would have wrote this down all very very detailed. But you know, at that point in time, he wasn't really thinking that he would that he would have to speak about them in the future. Um, you know, he just he was really really focused. Ajahn was really focused on his practice then, so you know, he didn't sort of think about doing things like that. Um, so anyway, back, back to the, the original story, it's like, so th- those four cookies, it's like, they were, usually, they were usually reserved for senior monks that came and just, you know, temporarily visited, but Ajahn Chah, like, called Ajahn and, and, and told him to go live in that cookie that was, you know, it was right across from him, it was literally only about 10 metres away from him. So Ajahn Am was like really, really diligent in his practice, doing lots of sitting and lots of walking meditation, and you know, it, it, like, he, he like basically he'd get back after the meal, and and the first thing he'd have to do is like quickly put his bowl away, quickly hang his robe up, and then he'd have to like walk meditation sort of thing as much as he can, because um, uh, you, you couldn't really go and rest because you know Ajahn Chah was just sitting like ten meters away. And you know he was watching, like he was watching him the whole time, sort of thing. So even if he did go up to like have a bit of a rest at like twelve o'clock, he just have to go up there, just like yeah, for a few minutes, sort of thing, have a rest, and then he had to like you know come back down again because Adam Charles like still sitting there, and, like you know, you know, watching him, sort of thing. So um, like and and this this because Adam and I was doing this for about a month. Um, because it was so near to Ajahn Chah's Kuti, a lot of a lot of lay people, lay people coming in and out all the time. So it, it, you know, in terms of in terms of privacy, it wasn't you know very good for practice. But but you know, Ajahn Chah never ever called anyone to go and live in that Kuti. He um, and and also nobody ever, nobody wanted to go live in that Kuti because it was so close to you know, Ajahn Chah, and it was like there's no way you get any like. You know, you wouldn't really be able to rest properly because he's always sort of watching you there. So no, nobody, nobody wanted to go live there anyway. But also, Ajahn Chah never like called anyone to go and live there. So yeah, it was sort of special that he called Ajahn Anand there. So in that in that period of time, that month that Ajahn Anand was there, yeah, Ajahn, Ajahn Chah was most likely doing something special, sort of uh, spreading some sort of special meta to Ajahn Anand or 
doing some sort of giving some sort of power or something like that. But then, so after a month of Ajahn Anand like practicing very diligently, Ajahn Chah said, "You know, you can, you know, move to move to another kuti now." Ajahn Long is so me grab a tanum for it. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, and you know, so and you know, Ajahn Chah, he he he, that one monk, you know, he he would receive visitors like a, a lot of visitors, sort of thing. So a monk came up and asked Ajahn Chah, it's like, oh, you know, you know, you know, have you have you rested? And, you know, during the day, you know, have you had a little rest yet? And Ajahn Chah said, look, I, I I don't have that much merit to get a rest in the day, and so everyone was like. You know, Ajahn Chah is obviously someone with a lot of merit, sort of thing, and you know, but he was saying, I don't have enough merit to rest in the day, so how does that make the rest of us feel that you know, having a nap in the middle of the day, sort of thing? So, um, and yeah, because Ajahn Chah received so many visitors, and one time when, when, when Ajahn Chah started to get sick, um, uh, the, the regular lay people in the monastery and the, comi- uh, the committee or whatever, they wanted to put a fence. They wanted to put a fence around like Ajahn Chah's kuti so people couldn't couldn't get in and only have like uh, specific specific times for people to come and visit Ajahn Chah. But Ajahn Chah didn't allow it. He's like, it's like no, you know what? Are you, what are you going to do if someone's come from very very far away to see me? It's like you know, he has to receive him. So he had, you know, he he had a lot of metta for all the people that came to see him, and he, you know, I uh, wanted to give everybody the opportunity to see him. There was there was a time when um there was a Prince I can't remember there was a time when when a monk uh, he had he had he had like a really really nice monastery it was on it was an oceanfront monastery or whatever and he came and saw Ajahn Ajahn Chah and like he he wanted um he wanted to ask because because he this monk was living by himself and he wanted um. He wanted to ask Ajahn Chah if he could um, allow, if he would allow some monks to go and like live with him for a while because he was just by himself. Um, and um, he he knew Ajahn Anun before, like from from the time when Ajahn Anun was a was was a lay person. So he came he came and asked Ajahn Chah. He's like, you know, I, can I can I please you know have some monks come and live with me? Just two of them, two monks. Um, he said, and he said, he asked for Ajahn Anun and, 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 and another monk friend of Ajahn Anun. And so, and, but this, the way, the way that this monk asked Ajahn Chah was like, you know, can I, can I just, you know, have two, I want, I want two really, really good monks, you know, I want two monks that are really sort of ship shape or whatever. And, <laughs> and so Ajahn Chah just sort of looked at him and he's like, so you want to take all the good monks and you want to leave all the crappy monks for me. <laughs> so it's, it's, you know, like, but yeah. In in the end, Ajahn Chah didn't didn't let them go because you know, he's, um, you know, he wanted Ajahn Chah wanted to give Ajahn Nan the opportunity to stay to stay with Ajahn Chah. Was you know, it's a, it's a very it's 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 an opportunity that's it's it's hard to come by. So he wanted to have Ajahn Nan stay there with him. So yeah, so even though Ajahn Chah wasn't like well known for making amulets, you know, there still were you know amulets of him or whatever. Um, there was one particular one where, where a soldier had had a had an amulet of 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 Ajahn Chah and went off to fight or whatever, and you know basically he like he ran into uh, he ran into a, like an array like a what do you call it an array of like M M sixteen M sixteen bullets and like yeah he should have like he should have died like he like he definitely should have died sort of thing but all that happened was his shirt got ripped. 
so he he went back and he he um, he sorry he knew another monk and he told that other monk who was a disciple of Ajahn Chah and so uh, th- this monk went to went to Ajahn Chah and, and asked you know can I can I get some more to give out to you know some of his disciples that were of you know like the uh, so, might have been soldiers or whatever as well. So Ajahn was sitting there at the at the time when when they were when they were asking asking for more amulets and there was a there was a novice there as well who was uh, what's called uh, like Galian, which is like a hill tribe hill tribe in Thailand. Um, so yeah, sort of I couldn't really speak properly sort of thing. And so you know when they, when they asked for the amulets, <coughs> which I said oh, okay novice you, you know, go grab them you know, grab them give it to them or whatever. And like Ajahn Anand sort of sitting there, he's like, yeah, these, these amulets sound good, you know, I wouldn't mind one either. And he's like, no, you know, grab me, you know, grab, you know, get, get one off, get one off Ajahn Chah for me sort of thing. And, you know, like, like, the novice, like, also the novice, he, was, he wasn't game, he was just grabbing himself and like, give it to Ajahn Anand. So he's like, he sort of walked up to, this, the novice is sort of going to Ajahn Chah and he's like, and he wants he wants some too like made like a big statement sort of thing and like you know Ajahn Chah just sort of like you know, spun around and like looked at him he's like what you want some as well <laughs> and, and then he didn't even like give him any as well either so like he didn't end up giving him an amulet anyway so and the, like there was so many times like this where it was like you know somebody made some amulets like a you know like a big handful or whatever and like so they give it to Ajahn Chah. So and so Ajahn Chah tells him, "Oh yeah, wrap these up and go put them in my room." And so he Ajahn Chah wrap them up and go put him in his room near his bed because um, Ajahn Chah would uh, and he kind of like bless them, bless the amulets at night or whatever when he when he was when he was in bed or whatever. And so whenever it was time to, to give them out, sort of thing, when like usually because at that time the the uh, what was it? This not this. Second, which war was it? Yeah. Some Oh, not not like any like war, just when like you know, they're fighting, fighting with uh, around Laos, the Laotian area or whatever. Um, so when when the when soldiers would come, you know, Asian Chah would give these amulets out to them to to help protect them or whatever. And so every time, you know, they'd come here, like, you, you know, tell Ajahn to go get the, put the ambulance away, and say, Ajahn you go grab him, give him to me, put him in his, you know, get him to go take him in his arm, get him to take, you know, Ajahn take the ambulance here, and take the ambulance there, but he, Ajahn Chah never, ever, ever gave him one. So, <laughs> so obviously he knew that Ajahn wanted one, so he was sort of, you know, testing him a little bit. Before... Before before any Westerners came, Ajahn Chah was he was just like you know, walking around sort of thing. He had a he had a walking stick at that time, sort of like looked around at everyone. And he got his walking stick and he like he stuck it like he pointed to the ground. And he's like, you know, in in the future there's going there's going to be an there's going to be a Naga come here, come here, and he's going to live with us. And so you know later Ajahn Sumedho come, and, but what that meant was is like. Thailand's basically it's on it's literally on the opposite side of the world to America, and it's just comes from America, so it's sort of like you know, pointing through the earth at the Naga, who is you know like, uh, you know, representation of the Naga or whatever. As I just made it, made the statement many years before I just actually went there.
He's got to. He's got to try and think of this story. Uh, so, like uh, in, in the days where Ajahn, Ajahn Chah was 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 on Tudong a lot, it was you know, walking, meditate, yeah, doing uh, off, doing meditation off in the deep forest or whatever. There's a there's a sort of a, like a you know an unspoken law or whatever when you're when you're on Tudong is like don't put your umbrella tent up in a like in an, on an old path and you know Ajahn Chah is. I don't see why that that you know why why should be scared of something like that sort of thing. So he put his umbrella tent up and um you know and he found out the reason why that night because it's like that was the path that like you know wild animals walk along and um you know a tiger came along to him that night and you know came up you know came right up very very close to his umbrella tent sort of thing and so that that's why you know that's why Agent Charles would always say is like you know he. He, 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 how do you say, like he passed, he's passed through the mouth of a tiger, um, and passed, you know, passed through, you know, you know dangerous ghosts to, to realize the Dharma that he teaches, he teaches all of us now. You know, he passed through all these, like, very dangerous things, you know, just to give that Dharma to, you know, to us. And, you know, when Ajahn Anand heard this, uh, the, um, initially heard this, he, like, he, like, said, like, you know, you could say, like, tears of joy, you could say, it was like, just sort of, how much Ajahn Chahar had sacrificed just to, to realize the Dharma that he, that he had and to, 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 to share it with all of us. Um, and Ajahn Anand sort of had, had his, own, his own experience with these kind of things is when they, he, he went <coughs> with, a, with, a, with a couple of other monks to uh, Kalye, which is like the big national forest in Thailand. Um, he... Yeah, they were there and they were getting ready to put up their their umbrella tent sort of thing, and you know there was it was like it was like an old you know like an old path like you know um, and so and so there were, you know there were like uh, you know tiger droppings and all that sort of stuff along it and so and, and so he yeah he was there with a friend and like he said it felt like it had sort of some invisible force field wall there sort of thing so he was like oh, should I you know put it up here or whatever. And like he had a friend with him at that point in time, like another monk friend. He's like, yeah, put it up there. You know, Ajahn Chah did it. You know, you do it. You get it up there. But <coughs> he was saying this, but this guy wasn't going to do it either. He was going to go like stay somewhere else, sort of thing. He was going to put his umbrella tent up. And so, and you know, and he said, so, well, you know, maybe we should like, you know, put it up. You know, yeah, put it up uh, just just off the path, you know, three or four meters off the path, sort of thing. And um. And you know, like, you know, sure, sure enough, that night sort of thing, like, it was about, it's about two o'clock in the morning, like, you know, so, um, you know, during during the day or whatever, during the day, everyone's sort of like, you know, all, you know, all brave sort of thing, and it's like, sort of, yeah, the tigers, you know, worry about them, sort of, we're here to meditate or whatever, but then, you know, everyone sort of goes back at night and everyone's sort of you know, actually quite scared side as well. So that night, uh, you know, the Ajahn, the Ajahn was like sitting up and he sort of, you know, sort of you know, heard, you know, heard something or whatever. So he must have thought it was just like some sort of, you know, mind play tricks on him or something or some sort of ghost or something. And he's like, oh, just, you know, leave, leave me alone now. I've been, I've been meditating all day. I just, you know, I just want to get, lay down and get some rest or anything. So he'd like, he'd lay down and have a rest. But then, then he realized it was something like, you know, 
you know, yeah, big, you know, like really some, some sort of really, really big animal out there, so he sat up, and, you know, like a tiger, like, came, like, right up to his umbrella tent, and sort of was, like, sort of, like, growling, you know, growling low, so the agent, like, sat up, and, you know, he's, like, he was sitting there, and he had his torch, he had his torch beside him, he's, like, oh, maybe I should, you know, maybe I should, you know, yeah, I want to see. I want to see what the face of a tiger looks like, sort of thing. He was going to grab his torch and like, you know, <laughs> shine it in the tiger. Then he thought, oh, "That's probably not a smart idea to, to to scare an angry tiger." So he didn't do it. So he just got up and, and spread meta to the tiger, and basically the tiger just just finally went away. Didn't you know, didn't do anything bad to him. But you know, there was an, uh, another time that they that they went, and and like they, same national park and. They 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 set up they set they set up their their umbrella tents already and um uh they were sort of you know walking around or whatever and they <clears throat> they saw some like prints like really big paw prints of, like of a tiger that were like sort of like two hands worth and you know like uh, one of the monks that was a sort of whatever probably had a bit of experience in these kinds of things so he's looking at the tracks or whatever and he's like yeah you know. A tiger with pole prints this big, you know, it must be, you know, it must have been about like four meters from head to tail. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So anyway, sort of thing. It's like um, sort of like you know, looking at this, these tracks, and everyone, everyone was sort of like there was like ten of them at the time or whatever, and they're all sort of like, you know, like you know, laughing and joking during the day and um, you know, saying about you know about this, this huge tiger or whatever sort of thing. So anyway, 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 they sort of, you know, actually, sorry, they hadn't, they hadn't really, they hadn't really like set up sort of thing, and it's like they were sort of debating, should we go and set up near the tiger tracks or whatever sort of thing, and and then you know, because everyone realised it was such a big tiger or whatever, they sort of maybe, maybe not, and they're sort of looking up at this guy, oh, I think it's going to rain tonight, you know, I won't, I won't go put my 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 glot up there. And so anyway, the, this, the, the guy that was that was doing it, like going over the tiger track sort of thing and checking them out, he went and put his relatant up, you know, somewhere safer away, you know, from the, where the tiger track was. But that night, you know, like he'd gone into his quad or whatever, <clears throat> woke up the next morning and like all around this monk's quad, uh, uh, there was the, those tiger prints. The tiger prince of the same tiger that was sort of, that was there, and he was looking. And the agent said, "It's like, it's like the the tiger. It's like the paw prints. It's like it's like having a mobile phone and, and phoning straight to them. They have like a this, this sense of uh, this sense of like this sort of energy you know, connecting to them, sort of thing. So it's like, so yeah, you shouldn't go if you ever go in the forest and go screwing around with tiger tracks." <laughs> Did you meet a wombat? The old days of Number Pong, um, when Ajahn Chai used to go at Pindabar for, for for a period of time, there was, there was this really big snake. Maybe I think it was like a king cobra, and it, it actually used to follow Ajahn Chai out on Pindabar, and then when Ajahn Chai come back, it would follow him back. Mm. And, this, and this happened for a while, sort of thing. And then one day, Agent Charles sort of turned to saying, "He said, you know, don't follow me. If you if you go outside, you know, like the you know the lay people, you know, they'll 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 kill you, sort of thing." And then after that, the snake just you know, disappeared. 
Like, like Ajahn Chai, he, he, re- he really passed through, you know, a lot of dangers to, to realise the Dhamma that he realised, you know, like uh, tigers, ghosts, snakes, all these sort of things, even to the point, and, you know, he passed through, a, you know, he had to pass through a lot of fear to get that as well. Um, he even had a time when he was, like, uh, uh, meditating in the forest and, like, uh, urinating blood. So, like, he, yeah, he, he, passed, he passed through... Passed through so many, you know, so many things, just to, so much suffering to 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 realize the dharma that he explained to each and every one of us. Even even to the point like he got so afraid, so afraid sometimes it's like. You know, you're sitting in your your, your glot, your umbrella tent was called a glot, and you know you're just there and you got your bowl, and he like he was <clears throat> so afraid that like he he take his you know, at times he take his bowl out and he pretend that his bowl, you know, was his friend or something, you know, just because he was like so scared, and then it sort of it sort of got to the point, you know, he, he started to, you know he asked himself, you know, it's like you know, you know what are you afraid of, and, and you know, sort of the answer come back and you're afraid, of, you know, you're afraid of death. And and so then he sort of asked him, well, is there anywhere that you're going to go in the world where you won't die? And you know the answer came back, no. And at that point in time, like his mind just sort of like you, know, you could say you know, like, like, like shot off or, or like you know, gathered together like in in a, in, a, in a really really big way. And he said that after after that point, there was you know there was no more there was you know no more fear of these kinds of things. His, his mind had sort of passed that because he realised. Realize that the root of our fear is is death. So you know the the agent sort of you know uh, heard about these things of Ajahn Chah and like you know things of Ajahn Chah going to like these cre- uh, cremation grounds and all those things and you know he you know he was inspired by that so he, you know he wanted to go so. Yeah, but he had his own like sort of like strange experiences there as well as like yeah, and like and he like at the end of he said like you know at the time he was petrified sort of thing. He said you know you go to go to his clot at night and you know do like the evening chanting like you do, but you know by the time we got up to like the re- the recollection of the sangha, like his hands are sort of like shaking sort of thing from you know from fear or whatever. Um, and so, so he had to, he really had to battle with his fear and, and the mona, the monastery that it was at, like it was, it was a, it was a cremation ground, but it, you know, there was a monastery there as well. So he'd go there, uh, to the, you know, monastery in the day and in the monastery, in the hall, um, there was, there was a skeleton that had a human skeleton there. It was a, it was like a, like a, like, like a robber. It was a, like a, some sort of robber or, you know, bandit or something. This guy had, Stolen somebody's buffalo or something and got killed and so anyway like you know he he's like his skeleton was his skeleton was in there so the agent they went down there during the day sort of thing and you know he, he grabbed the grabbed the the skull the skull of this guy and sort of you know went back to the went back to the uh, cremation ground at night and sort of put the skull on one of the, like one of the posts where they uh, after they burned the body they put like a post there. Put it on there, and he's sort of, you know, walking jogger man, and like he, he's sort of petrified, and he's walking, and it was, it was like the like the skull sort of like, you know, watching him, following sort of thing. Mm-hmm. He said, he basically like he's so, you, you know, so so scared that like, 
it was he was sort of like he had there was no reason to be scared, but he was just like so so scared and he didn't sort of realize why he was so scared. And so anyway, you know, you know doing this, uh, he st- he stayed there for like a month, sort of thing. And you know, e- even during like the middle of the day, he was like scared for absolutely no reason at all. And so then one night he you know you know he sat meditation and. You know, he's, he, like he, his mind mind gathered together, and he realizes that like this this, this fear that we experience is it's you know it, it's merely a convention. It's it's, it's not something that, that's real. And then after that, it just sort of, sort of you know, disappeared after that. So just something I forgot <coughs> to translate from the end of it. Like you know, even though like he, he his mind. Uh, after he had that sort of experience, like he still got a little bit scared every now and again, sort of thing. While he was on Tudong, he was there for like a month, sort of thing. And one night he was like, you know, sleeping, sleeping in his in his uh, umbrella head, sort of thing. He sort of his feet were, you know, feet were sort of like his. You know, they they sort of end up like sticking out a little bit, sort of thing. And some something must have come over and like had nibbled on his foot, like a like a little like a little like a rat or something, you know what I mean? Sort of, and he's like he jumped up, sort of scared, and the you know the little rat or whatever like run away. So you know like, but there was there was another time he was in um he was in uh, Tanzania, which is it's in central Thailand, sort of off away from Thailand, back not about five hours. It's in a cave there, and and there was this cave like there was. Uh, uh, like a little ledge, it was sort of like it said. He said it looked like it looked like the head of a naga, this little ledge or whatever. And so anyway, there was like some sort of platform there that he could like uh, sit down and lie on there. So anyway, um, that's and that's where I did and I was saying this ledge was above him. And so anyway, it sort of came night time and and uh, and the monks were and I was lying down. The monks were giving him a massage. And so where this ledge was, he, his feet were his feet were like you know, against this ledge sort of thing, and the agent agent sort of saying, yeah, yeah, I better move forward a little bit because if a snake comes, he wouldn't be able to get through. So he didn't know where this sort come from, but he so he moved back a little bit. Then you know, all of a sudden, like this snake came, like this big sort of snake came, and like he just go uh, slowly, like slid along sort of thing, and like it slid, it slid, like slid right up there, like right between his the. The, the wall of the cave and, and his toes which was it was only about that far and it's like slid beside him sort of thing and like it slid up to that that, that ledge and that ledge thing he said that looked like a naga's head and it just sort of like hung his hung its head over there and just and just stayed there like just stayed there for about half an hour um and then you know he stayed there for about half an hour the agent's like he's spreading meta to it or whatever and then after about half an hour, just sort of sitting there, it once again slid back down. But it slid down, and it slid like because the agent's feet were here and his head was here. It slid back down again, and it, it, it slid up up near him, and it like it, it like it raised its head up, like right you know right near the agent's head. He said like, you know, if he was sitting here, you, you know, you could you could touch it like that. And so, and he said he like never. Nobody that was there ever seen a snake like this, and the agent never seen a snake like this. His head was sort of, sort of curved, sort of thing. No, he said he never, nobody's ever seen a snake like this. And so anyway, like, but you know, at, the, at that point, I mean, the agent he didn't feel scared, scared of it or anything like that. It was just, you know, he was, the agent was still spreading, spreading meta to this, this snake or whatever. And um, you know, but at the time there was a pakao there, and he was on the other side. And at that point in time, you know, like. Um, you know, the Paco, he got like, he, he got, he got like, 
all of a sudden he got really, really scared. So as soon as he got scared, like the, you know, like sort of like the, the energy or whatever from, from him being scared, it, it, you know, it, it hit the snake sort of thing. And the snake sort of, after that, just sort of gone back down and, and slid away. And they, ne- and they never saw it again. So, yeah, it was a snake that, you know, no one had ever never seen. A kind of snake that no one had ever seen. So, <clears throat> so when you're in the forest, you know, you, you know, one of the most important things to do is to always, always be developing like meta at all times, you know, because there's you know, many dangerous things, there's many, da- uh, you know, different kinds of animals, different kinds of situations and things like that. And it's like, especially in the forest, in like, you know, in like, in, you know, in the trees and the caves, there's like, there's like, root, there's like Rukadevas, which are the tree dwelling devas. Uh, these, uh, you know, other sort of devas in like the, like in the caves and, uh, celestial monsters at the Kumbhak line. Kumbhak. Kumbhak. He's a like, and, you know, there's a, what's called like a Gumpan, which is like, it's like a kind of celestial monster sort of thing. Um, the, you know, these, these are, you know, these are in these places, and the Ajahn actually said that, um, you know, he, he saw one when he was here, he was in one of the caves. Oh, that's here. Mm-hmm. So in, in, one, in one of these, one of these cases, one of these like you know, you know celestial monsters sort of thing. It's like you know, but you know, if if you if you you know practicing well, it doesn't you know they won't they won't bother you or whatever. Um, it's, it's like you know another time the agent went to another another cave in 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 Canterbury, the same the same province where the, the snake was, um, and they went there and they, like, he was in this cave and all sort of. You know, it was like this, like, you know, when the Ajahn was in Samadhi, he saw, like, this, it was like a door, it was like a door in the cave, um, and so, like, if, 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 you know, the monks that were there, they would have sort of be, you know, mucking around and, like, laughing and carrying on and all these kinds of things. If, if you were to walk over there, you're actually going to lean on the wall and you weren't conducting yourself in a proper way, you'd, you'd fall through, you know, you'd fall through the cave, this, this door. Um, but you know, if you're practicing well, you know it's fine. You don't have to worry about those kinds of things. So there are there are these like uh, uh, many different things in the forest. You know, the, you know the seen dangers and the unseen dangers. So the most important thing when you're in the forest is to be doing things like doing your chanting, spreading metta, or um, spreading kindness to all the beings that are around. Uh, so. Yeah, as I said, there's, there's many dangers in the forest. Like, you know, uh, obviously not in Australia, but in Thailand, you know, you get you get dangers from elephants, sort of thing. Um, and you know, there, there's a there's a sort of instance. There, w- there was one instance where like two monks were in the forest, um, you know, maybe you know not, not conducting themselves very well or whatever. And anyway, so like the like. Uh, like a, a herd of elephants came around, and what the elephants actually ended up doing was like, 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 uh, like making a circle around these two monks, sort of thing, and like sort of, you know, started to kick them, mm-hmm. and kick them like a football. And the fir- and the first monkey, like, he, mm-hmm. he, like the elephant kicked him, and he like kicked him out of out of the circle. So he was, you know, he was obviously hurt, but he was, you know, he was fine. But the other monk, they were just like. They'll kick it like kicking him around like a football, sort of thing, kicking him back and forth and back and forth, and he ended up dying or whatever. Mm. Um, you know, there was another and another instance where uh, there was there was a monk. He went into you know into the forest, and his 
uh, he had uh, like a, a disciple there with him, like a lay person or something. Anyway, this elephant came up. An elephant came up and like uh, you know the, the disciple, you know, like wanted a, like a photo of the elephant, and so they they grabbed, pulled their camera out and took the photo, and there was a flash on the camera. You know, and it, it, it shocked the elephant sort of thing, and you know, it's, oh, obviously it's like you can see a huge elephant, and it's like it, it got its trunk, and because it because it was shocked, it like it swung its trunk, and it like it hit, you know, hit the monk, and like you, you threw him and like smashed him into a tree. So, um, but you know, the elephant didn't have the intention to do that, and you know, after it had done that, it, it like. You know, it was like the elephant felt really remorseful, so it went over and like, like you know, covered, covered the monk over. It, it obviously didn't want to kill the monk, but because the the lay person was was an idiot, like you know, it sort of got shocked or whatever. Mm. Um, and so, so you you know, you have to be you have to be careful with these you know, these animals or whatever. Um, the agent had an experience where they went to Batin, uh, which is another like big forest in Thailand. <clears throat> and they went on like a what, you know, like one of those night safaris or whatever it was, and um, they're in a, like a few cars, um, and they were they were sitting in the back of like back of a ute, and then all of a sudden like all like a like a big herd of elephants like came came to the front, like came to the front on the front of the track, and they were all like oh well the elephants, but then like another herd sort of came in the back, it was also it's like they were sort of surrounded by elephants, so it's like you know. You know, had to get out, you know, had to try and get out, you know, in that sort of situation, you know, it's like, it's dangerous, um, you know, and like, you know, the lay people were sort of, that was sort of feeling, you know, you know sort of relieved, it's like, oh, we're in this, like, dangerous situation with elephants, you know, but we got, we got the monks here, so we'll be safe, and all the monks are in the back, it's like, let's get out of here, this is like, this is dangerous sort of thing, so, <laughs> you know, like, and, you know, and, uh, like, and while they're in there, they're sort of like, and when the elephants started to come, they started to yell out like this. The monks have started to yell out to the agent. I was like, oh, the agent, there's, there's elephants, there's elephants. And he was like, settle down, you know. The more you yell and scream, the more you annoy them, sort of thing. So, you know, yeah, you have to be careful and you have to know the signs, the signs with, like, with these different kinds of animals. If it, like, for example, with an elephant, if it sticks its ears out and its ears are like, uh, like, uh, you know, stiff and like you know, rigid out like that, then you know you're in trouble at that point in time. But if it's if it's like if if its ears are like sort of flapping or whatever, it's like you know, you're its friend. So you <clears throat> you have to know you know these the this, the, the the animal signals or whatever. So um, that's right. Yeah. So, so we're, we're dangerous animals. Uh, one time, Ajahn Char actually. Actually, like yeah, he said to Ajahn Anand, he said, you know, like he had a, you know, a magic formula, a magic formula to, to you know, to, to stop dangerous animals if you're in danger from animals. And it was just like a single word, and it was uh, the word, nah. He said, if, you, if you're ever in danger with, like, you know, animals or anything like that, just like sing that out, and it'll... It'll, it'll stop the animals sort of thing. So anyway, uh, after that, like a, a few days or something after that, Dejan was on Pindabar and he was um, uh, coming back from Pindabar or whatever. And so anyway, the, uh, the, the, most times they had like cows in, in Thailand sort of thing. They still got cows, but um, the farmer was taking his cows back. The cows in Thailand, they got like, they got, like quite big horns or whatever. 
And so anyway, the Ajahn was sort of, the cows were coming this way, and the Ajahn was like walking. And he thought he'd like try and like yeah, get across the road before the cows come. So he's going to sort of like try to run across the road sort of thing. And, but like the farmer had just like, like, like shooed the cows. And so the cows started to like run. They started like, you know, to, you know, to run at him. Like a, a herd of cows like, you know, like stampeding towards him sort of thing. So he's like, oh, you know, like, and then all of a sudden it sort of clicked what Ajahn Chah said to him. He's like, he yelled out, nah. And like all the cows are just like, like broke apart. And so it didn't, you know, didn't, didn't stampede him. So it was like, you know, Ajahn Chah must have known something was, something was going to happen. And he told the Ajahn that. And so you know, everyone was impressed. Like, wow, this, this great for dangerous animals. And they asked, well, you know, can, can, that, can that get rid of ghosts as well? And the Ajahn said, well, probably, probably not. You have to, you know, you have to, for ghosts, it's like you have to be with Bhutto. You have to have, like, you have to do Bhutto over and over. It's because basically, you know, it, the more you do Bhutto, the, the calmer your mind becomes. But as soon as you're not with Bhutto, you're starting to think about all the things of, you know, is there a ghost outside? Is it behind me? Or is, it, you know, is it, you know, in front of me? Where's the ghost sort of thing? And it's like, basically, so if you if you keep with that object, you're not going to be thinking, you're not going to be thinking of these, like, like scary things. So if you stay with Bhutto, you'll be okay. You know, in, in, you know, in reality, it's like, you know, we've heard all these stories sort of things and we're, we're sort of, we're petrified and we're terrified. All these things ever since we were, we were little kids. But, you know, in reality, the fear is just something within our heart. The ghosts, you know, the ghosts are things that are something within our heart that, you know, if, you know, if we stay with them and take, we don't let our mind stray to that, you know, we're, we're not going to become scared. Uh, the engine just told another story. But actually, I, I just remembered something he said that a while ago and I forgot to translate it. It was when he... When he was in the when he was in the, the cremation ground, um, uh, when he was go after you know the, the skull the, the skull. Um, so anyway, he was he was going into the cremation ground sort of thing, and when he was going in there, he was sort of yeah he sort of like all the hairs stood like as he was walking in, you know, all the hairs like really really standing up on the back of his neck, and it's like that you know it's like that 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 cold you know that cold sort of feeling you know, Lumpo Char would say you know whenever you go in a cremation ground you get that that cold feeling up your neck so when the Ajahn was sort of like walking into the cremation ground you know it's like yeah you get that really really cold feeling up your back like you're someone's someone's following you but you're not getting to look over your shoulder just in case you know like someone's there or whatever but you know as soon as he got into the cremation ground it's like it, it'd go straight away and so you know, obviously, you know, you sort of you, you're scared at that point. So, but you know, well, yeah, but in reality, what you know, what it is, it's like it's um, it's it's just like it's just like you're going into a house and somebody's you know, sending you into the house sort of thing. So it's like the the, the beings that are there, they're, they're, you know, they're sending you in there, sending you. In, it's <coughs> like so it's like they're there to like to help you to like uh, any anything bad that's coming in, like they see it's a monk, they say they're going in there to practice and do good wholesome things. So they're they're like send you know they're sending you in and like trying to like stop the others other other bad things in. It's like you know don't screw with him, leave him alone. He's like he's he's practicing he's practicing meditation. So just like if someone was sending uh, you know a monk going to a house or whatever, people are you know people are you know people are going to send you in and you know the, the riffraff or whatever they're going to like chase away. So I, that was that was a while ago. I forgot to translate that. But um, anyway, so but there, there was another time where the Ajahn went into a, in a, into a uh, cremation ground, and um, there was a 
like a, the, 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 the pile, the, the pile there that I, the pile there that like, uh, <laughs> but it was, it was a little girl, a little girl that just drowned. <laughs> Lost my train of thought now. <laughs> no, so, so any, anyway, gone in his cremation ground. This uh, the, the mound. It's um uh, a little girl that had had fallen in, uh, into the river and drowned, sort of thing. And so she yeah she'd only just recently died, sort of thing. The agents like put his uh, put his uh, his squad up near there and he's in the meditations. This would be so sitting there and before it got dark sort of thing, he's like I wonder if they've gone and have they've been reborn yet or they're you know, they're still hanging around sort of thing if sort of worried or whatever. So anyway, the next morning uh next day sort of you know, woke up or whatever and uh, l- later the next day, like uh these people that you know, came to the came to the cremation ground and, and bought and and bought some like like bought bought a bottle of like a few bottles of coke or whatever. And the agents just sort of like, mm-hmm. you know, I wonder why they, how did they, how did they even know I was here? Like, what, you know, why, why are they sort of bringing coke? Yeah, in reality, if you just had taken the coke and drunk it and you know, didn't ask them anything, it would have been fine. But he, you know, basically his curiosity got the better of him. He's like, how did, how did you know I was here? And why did, why did you bring me coke? And they said, well, where, where the parents of this little girl that just died? And she, like, she came into our dreams last night and said, there's a monk meditating like near my grave go and bring him some take him some take a drink to him sort of thing so he's like yeah she hasn't gone anywhere yet so, Oh, oh, so and you know it's like you, you, you have to go through all sort of you know like uh, all sort of like uh, like tests when you're a monk and you're doing these kinds of things. You know, it is it's a lot of suffering sort of thing. It's like many times when you on Tudong and you're doing these kinds of things. Like it, it rains and when it rains is you know you, you've got no way of staying dry. You just like you're lying on the ground in the wet sort of thing so you have to get all your robes and put them in your bowl sort of thing and you know when the Ajahn was was doing it when he was young he's sitting there he's like he's got his robes in his bowl and he's sort of sitting there he's just like why am I doing this to myself everyone else is like you know nice and warm in bed and asleep and I'm like sitting in the underground in the forest soaking wet sort of thing and then you know you get so sort of like cold and lonely or whatever He said, you know, at the time there was a, there was a monastery uh, uh, just down the road or whatever, and then you know, you know, sort of feeling so, you know, like sorry for himself or whatever. When they rang the bell in the morning for the for the you know for the morning meeting at three o'clock, he felt like you know, he felt like the bell was his friend. It's um, it was it was just something that comforted him. It was like you know, there's you know, still people in the world or whatever. I'm not all alone, sort of thing. So you can you you know your mind can get like so. Can get so low, sort of thing, while you're doing these things, and you have to try to overcome that. We're speaking about beings from other realms and all of us. All of them. You send your mind out to these things, and these things come. There it is. Ghosts.
uh, speaking of David, that's one, you know, the, the David Art Mopchan, it's, you know, it's a very, a very, very powerful David Art, it, it, um, it bought, it bought the, it bought the architect to, that, 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 that made the board, he, he bought, um, bought him there, like he came to Ajahn and I'm in Nimitz in the Nimitz of the night before, um, the center of, uh, emailed a, a photo of like in China, so the, the, the photo he showed the other night with the light, uh, some photos that were taken at the ta- same time and they different or something. Yeah. Sorry, I wasn't explaining that. The, the photo he was showing, it uh, switched off for a minute. The, the photo he showed, so they went to China, um, and it's, it's, it's uh, Kuan Yim, Bodhisattva, that one person took a photo, like they were taking photos from, from uh, one angle, and one is, I haven't seen it, one they're holding the flower or whatever, and they're in exactly the same, same angle. And, you know, one photo, you can see the, the outer, the head of the Bodhisattva, but you can't see the flower, and like in another photo, from exactly the same angle, like the, the, the flower had disappeared.